welcome back to uh, another episode of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your conspiracy skeptic, Carl Mamer, and with me today is my guest, and surprisingly, my guest is uh, not named Stuart Robbins. You are... <laughs> my name is Ryan Ryan Davis. Right. You got a whole other name, and you're, oh, you're, a, whole I do. Other, you're a whole other person, in fact. <laughs> It's well, always good to have a new guest occasionally, I think. Yeah, once in a while. Dave, I, I, I've been getting some really good feedback for uh, but Stuart. So uh, yeah, people are like, have him on again. I really like him. I don't like you, but I like I like Stuart. <laughs> so so yeah, I definitely want to uh, have him back on again. But um, and, and Ryan, you're actually uh, – you, you're a listener. This would be the second. Uh, this would be the second conspiracy skeptic where I just sort of interview a, a, a listener of my, my podcast. I, I, I put a call out uh, when I when I sort of did the the family with uh, Stephen Cleghorn, and I said, yeah, you know, if if you're a listener and you've got a good topic and you know want to come on the show, then you know email me and you email me, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great topic. Let's let's do it. So. Uh, um, Ryan, could you tell us a bit about yourself, other than you sometimes listen to the Conspiracy Skeptic podcast? Well, I am I am a listener, obviously. Um, I'm uh, 27, and All right. I live I live in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. And I'm a, a kind of a political consultant uh, slash theater director. Okay. All right. And uh, so you're you're getting some of the Korean questions answered before I have to ask them. So, <laughs> got your age? You got your profession? Are are you married? I'm not married, no, but I do have a, a, a boyfriend that I live with. Oh, okay, cool. All right, then. I guess you, you're not are, – are you legally allowed to be married in New York? Or that, that seems to be kind of hit and miss these days. Yeah, we, we almost got it in New York, but uh, not yet. Okay, not all yet. right. You're working so, on it. Uh, they're waiting on me to be ready, I think, so. <laughs> all right, okay. Have you thought about uh, – Immigrating. I don't know if it's immigrating or emigrating. I think guess if you're in New York, you'd think about emigrating, but uh, in Canada, you'd be immigrating. So have you thought about em- emigrating to Canada? I, I swore that I would if, if Obama didn't win election, um, and he did, so I'm, I put that off for a while. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, do, do, you, do you do a podcast? I do. I, I do a podcast with uh, Citizen NYC, uh, and it's called Two Beers In. And we cover, like, New York City culture and politics and uh, current events. Oh, great. Okay. All right. And, and uh, are, are you kind of in, in the skeptical field as well? or You know, I, the term skeptic I'm, I'm not 100% in love with, um, but I am pretty skeptical of, of most things. Okay. Uh, you know, but I, I don't know, you know, the skeptical community is, is uh, I'm kind of on the outskirts of the skeptical community, I guess. But I am a listener to, you know, most of the big skeptical podcasts. Oh, okay. All right. So how, 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 did, you, how did you find my, my podcast? Um, I, on iTunes, I guess. I think it was recommended because I listened to The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a great podcast. And uh, I think it was recommended from that Really? Okay. Wow. That'd be kind of impressive if, because right in the iTunes, there's like the, uh, you know, uh, what other people, you know, what people are listening, other podcast people are listening to, sort of related, and and uh, yeah, it, you sometimes do actually do find some interesting podcasts that way, and yeah, definitely, right? Yeah, There's, there are some great podcasts out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, let's see. And uh, so, what, what, what's your uh, what's your what's your your conspiracy? Well, I wanted to talk a bit about the the 1980s uh, satanic panic. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, that that's actually a good good term. The, uh, the 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 yeah the satanic panic. That's what I think. Kind of people ended up sort of referring to it. Sort of post, uh, you know, looking back upon it or something. Yeah. In hindsight, it's uh, you know it's been called the the satanic panic uh, for, for people who accept that it was was a so called moral panic, which is a uh, you know a lot of people are starting to understand that. But you know, in my research for this, I found out there are still people who stick by the stories they wrote uh, in the eighties. So, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's a little bit of a controversial topic. Oh, for sure. And uh, so it was called the sa- Satanic Panic. And other, people might also sort of know it as, uh, like, Satanic Ritual Abuse. That was kind of the other term. It, I mean, the Satanic Panic sort of involves l- largely the, uh, a, a, a sort of an idea called Satanic Ritual Abuse. So, so why don't you tell us a bit about the, uh, the Satanic Panic and maybe how it got started and when it kind of really hit the mainstream and when it sort of maybe burned out? Sure. Well, it, it all sort of began in the early 80s. Uh, there was a book published uh, called Michelle Remembers, and it was a, an autobiography of this uh, woman who was undergoing some uh, treatment and had kind of remembered these 
horrible uh, things from her childhood where she was kept in a, by a satanic cult and uh, sexually abused for years. And uh, this kind of became a bestseller and got people thinking about satanic ritual abuse for the first time. And it wasn't until uh, a really... Uh, well, it wasn't until like the early 80s, like around 81, 82, in Kern County, California, um, when one of the, one of the first big uh, child abuse cases came out of this, 1982. And uh, what's really interesting about this case, and this is something that you know goes on throughout other cases, um, the biggest one being the McMartin preschool trial. Right. But uh, the woman behind the Kern County case, Marianne Barber, um, kind of aggressively interviewed her two uh, grandchildren about um, their father and their and their uh, other grandfather. And uh, she would she would she was a kind of uh, she'd been hospitalized, I should say, uh, for schizophrenia a few years before. Um, so she didn't. She wasn't the most stable woman, and she became obsessed that, uh, with her two grandchildren and this idea that they were being abused. And uh, she sort of brought in. Uh, she started. She brought in you know tens of people who had also kind of built this whole conspiracy where there was this cult that they belonged to and uh, were, were abusing these kids. And this was the Kern County case in uh, eighty two, eighty three, which uh, sent a lot of people to prison uh, for quite some time. They've all were released in the mid nineties. But it's a shockingly big web that she uh, that she painted. She even brought in, which I think is remarkable, one of the one of the women um, who was a, you know a social worker originally for her case uh, got drug into it as as someone who had been uh, you know somehow involved. So it was it was very interesting, and it was a lot of she 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 definitely led the kids in her questioning. She would keep them up all night. It was like the Dick Cheney interrogation <laughs> method. <laughs> this this was just the the the, the Big Martin daycare. No, this is right before McMartin. McMartin oh, happened okay. the year after. Ah, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh. So right, so so the Kern County was less satanic and more just kind of sexual abuse ring, right? Okay. And then and then it started to get uh, kind of ballooned from that. And the McMartin preschool trial, which uh, I guess is probably the most famous, and it drug on for close to a decade. Um, you know that that was a, a woman who owned a small daycare center, um, and one of the one of her clients. Uh, was this was this woman who also uh, had been hospitalized for schizophrenia, who became obsessed with her child and thinking her child had been abused at the daycare center, and they came up with this, these incredibly elaborate stories where the children would be flown to you know they would be flown hundreds of miles away you know in the middle of the afternoon to be abused and then flown back and all in time for the parents to pick them up at five o'clock you know looking absolutely normal like nothing had happened, right. um, and and at this this in the McMartin uh, trial that really ballooned. Um, and, and you know there was there were sixty seventy kids who had uh, said that they were abused. Right. And and was was there ever actually any evidence for any of this? There was there was no like physical evidence whatsoever of any abuse. Um, they had at, at the time the the medical community didn't really understand what what the body would show if if it had been abused, since so they had all sorts of ideas. Um, so some doctors thought there had been abuse, and some doctors said no. This is this is typical, um, but there was never any physical evidence. Uh, you know, they, they the kids had talked about videos being made and, and pictures being taken, and um, equipment that would have been used, and none, none of this was ever found in any of the uh, the searches the police did. And they were incredibly extensive because they would tell stories about human sacrifice and that there were bodies buried here and there, and and the and this happened in Kern County too. They would dig up you know huge chunks of land, and they didn't find anything. Right. Um, it just seemed like like it it, it just it, I mean in sort of classic conspiracy style you know it uh, kind of started off with two people and then almost you know anybody who was in a position to sort of uh, you know validate the truth of the claim if they said basically you know no that that didn't happen then they were then suddenly suspect of being involved you know. Oh, absolutely! In, in the, when the Kern County case, uh, the original the original guy who was accused uh, was named Alvin, and uh, he had a, a good friend named Scott who was going to be his character witness at the trial. And uh, Scott got pulled in; him and his family got pulled into it, and their kids ended up accusing them of being a member of this ring. Um, and they went to jail for, for you know fifteen years, twenty years. So it was a, it was a it was a very risky to even even to defend these people at all it was very very risky the media at that time uh, didn't the media in the late 80s started to kind of turn against the idea of this happening but at, at the beginning the media just bought it hook line and sinker and so did um so, so did the local police the law enforcement and uh, another big 
pusher of this myth was the Christian media, right. um, and in churches. And, and uh, in fact, one of the guys that I've actually reached out to before I did this podcast, who wrote uh, wrote articles about uh, satanic cults, was uh, still stands by the article he wrote in the eighties about it. Um, published as a Christian newspaper. So, <laughs> and if, if I seem to recall too, that it's like like even even the cops, like if if there were cops that were sort of unable to you know find evidence or or who express sort of skepticism, you know, suddenly a child would be produced who would be like, you know, oh no, that yeah, I saw that cop at one of those rituals and he abused me, and then boom, you know, the, yeah, that, yeah, that definitely happened with one of the social workers, um, and I, I'm sure that it. it it was something that was always uh, one of the, one of the cops said that they don't, they didn't want to interview one of the kids separately because they were afraid that they would end up being accused. Right. Um, so there definitely was like a, it was a real classic witch hunt where there was almost no there was no evidence for any of this stuff except the kids who were telling these outlandish stories um, who were being uh, you know there was, there was a whole there's a whole kind of uh, not a corporation but there's a, there's, there's there's a whole kind of a money making side of this. We've got people who are lecturing on child sex abuse and who are satanic experts who are going around and meeting with uh, you know the different district attorneys and, and the different organizations saying, no, this is real. This is something you need to push. Um, so, so there was a whole lot of people who, who uh, were pushing this idea. Yeah. yeah so, so, I mean, some of the details might be a bit – I might be getting confused because there, there was actually in Canada, I believe it was in Saskatchewan – uh, I mean, almost a carbon copy repeat of what happened in in uh, in sort of the McMartin, like they called it, like the McMartin nightmare, the McMartin daycare nightmare, or something. Right. Yeah, right. L- like it was literally just a carbon copy. I mean, a, a daycare, and and uh, that might have been the one where it's like, like yeah, one of, one of the cops what, investigating was you know because he was showing skepticism you know yeah he was then suddenly suddenly implicated and and it seems to me I, I, at least i don't know about the, the the american experience but with the canadian experience like once kind of once you know the you know the the you know the sociologists and the, the healthcare workers who are sort of interviewing the children and all this evidence was just basically you know, interviewing children, right? And right. and uh, like like once it started kind of hitting, you know, the cops and the prosecutor and like the judges, then you know, then it became like, okay, wait, <laughs> you know, yeah. Wait, yeah, yeah. Which, if I recall, like the McCarthyism, you know, you know, McCarthy just ran wild, but but once McCarthy started fingering members of the American military, like you know the generals, then that was it. He was he was shut down. You know, like as long as he was going after you know actors and writers and you know Democrats and things like that, everything was sort of hunky dory. But once he started hitting you know you know the the, the military brass, that then you know McCarthy was sort of shut down. So yeah, so it seems to sort of me that that kind of I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, it, the McCarthyism was a witch hunt, and, and this is, you know, a lot, much more literally a, a witch hunt. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, what, uh, there's an incredible documentary that Sean Penn narrates uh, on, on the Kern County cases itself uh, that was produced just a year or two ago, and it's called Witch Hunt. Um, and, you know, if, if your listeners are interested, it, it provides, like, a really dramatic look at, at this specific case, which kind of started this whole insanity. Right. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, I mean, back in the, you know, the early, it started sort of in the early '80s, and and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like he- heavy metal was a very new thing, and uh, you know, like you had bands like Twisted Sister and 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 uh, you know, Judas Priest and st- sort of stuff like that, and and you know, they kind of were, you know, adopting a lot of the satanic stuff, and and uh, and. So it, it was like sort of the Christian right kind of really freaked out, and and people weren't kind of used to, you know, Satanism as kind of you know theater, and and a lot of people kind of thought, well, this is this is real, right? That seems to me a, to be a bit of the what sort of maybe give it gave it a bit of a, a you know sort of a kick. Yeah, there was there was definitely the the rise of the Christian right in, in power in the eighties in America. Um, which definitely had something to do with with this, um, and uh, there was the rise of the kind of the, the talk show environment. It was this was completely embraced by Gerardo and all, all those guys who were just trying to make a quick buck and would have anybody on to say anything. 
Right. So there was, there was a lot of different kind of things that came together. There's been some speculation that it had to do with um, women who were going to the workforce and an anxiety about leaving their kids with people they didn't really know. That's um, true, right? That's been speculated too, as as one of the kind of foundations of it. Um, you know, at the same time that all this kind of the, the, the daycare sex abuse stuff is going on, there's a kind of a competing conspiracy theory um, coming from a lot of a lot of writers uh, dealing with the fact that serial killers are all connected by one big cult. Um, and this was also very popular in the 80s uh, when the son of Sam recounted his uh, his you know he said that he wasn't it wasn't just him he was part of a cult. And this one this one writer uh, Mari Tari wrote. There you know, a couple books on this, and it became a pretty popular notion that uh, you know somehow Son of Sam was working with uh, Charles Manson, and they were all members of the same church. And so there was a real interest in Satanism in the eighties. Uh, that it was a was a big deal. This is all pre-internet days, so it's like oh, absolutely. What were they just shortwave radio? Like how did they, <laughs> you know, like how were they getting together? <laughs> they weren't skyping. Yeah, three hundred baud modems and Commodore sixty fours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, Pretty outrageous theory, and, yeah. it, and it goes all the way to the White House, of course, uh, as, as most conspiracy theories do, uh, with with George Bush uh, Senior uh, being a member of a satanic cult. Right. Uh, that, that if you trace all this, it all goes up to the top, where the White House is providing cover for satanic cults. I mean, it's just so absurd; it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that was sort of a function of because. I mean, there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Like cops, you were saying, cops would go and they would dig up, you know, they would dig up backyards looking for bodies and things like this, and they wouldn't find anything. And so if the FBI is not finding anything, therefore, the FBI FBI is involved, right? And, and, you know, and if the president isn't then firing the head of the FBI, you know, he must be, uh, you know, uh, you know, eighth generation Satanist or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, of course, it goes back to the uh, the conspiracy that Barbara Bush is the daughter of a uh, Crowley. <laughs> oh, 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 really? Is there is there a, a le- is there sort of a urban legend about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, Al- Alistair Crowley, the uh, sort of yes, the head of the, the famous the, Satanist. Yeah, not the Church of Satan, but he had he had his own little satanic cult. Um, he did. Novus Temple. Ovis or side. It's, it's some weird Latin name. I can't even. I can't even pretend to make I, that. I feel like he would be happy to know that that there was this theory that he fathered uh, in one of the presidents, in a way. So uh, two of them, I guess. <laughs> well, and uh, I, it was talk shows because I remember in the eighties, you know, uh, you know, you had Donahue, and and you know, Donahue. Uh, was very, you know, he would do political topics and he would, you know, he would have feminist authors on and stuff like that. And then, and then he started getting competition with like, like Geraldo and Sally Jesse Raphael and, and, and people like that. And, uh, and, you know, they, they became much more, uh, you, you know, it wasn't quite more sort of Maury Povich or, uh, who, who, who's that other guy? Uh, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer, right? Yes, yeah. wasn't quite that bad at that point, but and they started doing a lot of these. You know, the funniest one was the women who were satanic breeders. Did you want to talk a bit about the whole satanic breeder idea? You, you know, that's that's slightly out of my pay grade, uh, but I, I have you know in my research, I did I did read a bit about uh, the idea that there were women who had babies specifically for them to be used in in these rituals. Right. Um, of course, ne- there were never any bodies found. There's no, you know, this stuff is completely without yeah. um, merit. Because it seemed to be sort of like, you know, people would be going, well, you know, every Sunday these churches of Satan have to sacrifice a baby. And then it's like, so it's like 360, you know, no, 52 babies a year yeah. times Before, uh, every state has, you know, a satanic church. And so that's a lot of babies. And, and like, I'm pretty sure if, you know, my sister had a baby and suddenly, uh, where, where'd that baby go? Like yeah, somebody, it, it, would, it takes a while to have a baby too. It's not something yeah. you you just have overnight. <laughs> exactly. So so then there was then it was that was explained that you know because there's not this rash massive rash of missing babies that that women were specifically sort of breeding babies to be used in in satanic rituals and and of course there were some women that were kind of coming forward and going yeah I was one and and. Um, and again, this was all sort of like like hypnosis, right? You know, 
uh, under... Yeah, these were all recalled memories. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. What, which, you know, we now know that they can be completely implanted by the people trying to get them out of you if, if they're not wording everything exactly the way it should be. Right. And a lot of these cases, people were led... And, you know, if you, if you listen to, um, in the documentary Witch Hunt, uh, th- there's some actual tapes of the kids being uh, interviewed. And when you, when you listen to it, it's unbelievable how little the kids are saying and how much the adults are saying um, that somebody should have just caught on right away that this is, is this was something that was being pushed on them. Right. Okay, so, so the, the talk shows, I mean, it was, and I, I guess it was Her- Geraldo was the one who kind of like, you know, really sort of tried to capitalize on it. Uh, he, he had, he had a, like a special um, about like, you know, I think the satanic conspiracy or some, something like that. I forget what year it was, but, but, you know, I mean, in the in sort of the might have been the late eighties. Yeah, it was it was eighty seven. Okay, um, it was a national television special. Right. Um, yeah. And, and this that's the one where he said there was over a million Satanists that are organized in the country. Right. Uh, yes. Which is a, a pretty big number, um, especially that they're uh, the, that they're highly organized. Again, I don't know. They were doing mass mailings or uh, they had a foam tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how they were organized, but uh, they were highly. Well, I, I was reading that, um, you know, like, like, I mean, there are obviously Satanists, but, right. but mo- mo- most Satanists are, th- like, there, there's no kind of, you know, they call sort of, you know, multi-generational church of Satan, where, like, you know, Catholics have other Catholics and, and, and so on, where, uh, you know, that people do at some point proclaim to be Satanists, but, they, you know, they, they tend to be, they tend to be people who had, you know, very you know, abusive fundamentalist religious parents and they rebel and then they declare themselves Satanists. And, and, you know, maybe there's at most maybe 10,000 people who, you know, maybe on their, uh, on their tax form, you know, or their, their census say Satanist, you know, but, yeah, uh, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty small number of self-identified Satanists most likely. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to talk about kind of a personal experience, sure. uh, in you know, I was born in 1982, which was the, kind of the very beginning of this uh, of, of all this. And I remember distinctly being eight or nine years old and having my mother talk to me about satanic cults and that there was there were satanic cults around and there were something to be aware of. Oh wow! Um, okay. So, I, and I have this memory of there being a treehouse in the back of my kind of in the back backyard, kind of out in the woods. And uh, my friends and I all had this idea that, that it was, for some reason, we thought it was a satanic cult was meeting there. <laughs> <laughs> Although there was no evidence of that. But we just had, I'd, we had just heard about this. So, you know, we, had, we had seen it on TV. We had heard about it, talked about. And so we formulated this in our own minds, and we told our parents about it. And they never, they never did anything. Um, I think they determined it was a treehouse, and it wasn't where a satanic cult meant. Right. Um, but there were, you know, I was able to, I had my mom do some research to see if she could find any, any, any actual newspaper articles about Satanism in the Eastern Shore of Maryland area where I'm from. And uh, that's where I found this, this great article uh, from the uh, Marathon Mana, which is a, is a Christian publication from my hometown. And it's called, Is Belief in the Occult a Threat to Delmarva? And this was published in 1987. Um <laughs> And he goes on to say that there are satanic cults and witches uh, in every county of Maryland. And I, I wrote to this guy, and I said, <laughs> you know, this, you wrote this in 1987. And I also wrote to the, the police officer that he interviewed. Um, this guy, Skip Venable, is his name. He was a police officer in this article who's, who talks about, he's a cult expert, and he lectures on cults at the local community college. Um, so I sent him an email, and I sent the writer an email, and they both, they both uh, stood by the, their statements um, and Skip actually said that he has a uh, he has no reason to believe that interest in the witchcraft or the occult has waned. <laughs> and uh, oh, I googled Skip and I found out that he's also a birther. He believes Barack Obama was uh, born in Africa, and he uh, is, a, is a New Earth creationist. So he, he uh, he's a member of Answers in Genesis, a society proclaiming the ten thousand year age of the Earth. Um, so this is a real critical thinker that we're right. dealing with. Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, th- that's kind of the thing that a lot of these, uh, right, these, these so-called self-styled experts, like, right. you know, that they just sort of came out of nowhere and nobody really sort of questioned that they were, you know, if they were an, why are they an expert? Did they get like a PhD in this or something? They just, and, and 
you know, like half the time they're sort of touting their Christian credentials from from pulpits, talking about Satanists, and and then they're sort of attending, you know, um, you know, meetings by the local police, and 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 not mentioning, you know, that they are, you know, sort of these fundamentals Christian guys that they are, you know, that they're sort of these these secular experts, right. And what, what you would expect from a uniformed officer at the time, Skip was a uniformed sheriff, you know, and he would he would lecture on these things in, uh, you know, I'm sure wearing his uniform, and he would talk about uh, this completely evidence free uh, theory he had that satanic cults. And it's really funny in the article he talks about he came upon a group of teenagers in a field, and when he when he came upon them, they all ran away. And so they must have been in a satanic cult. And I'm like, it's more likely they were drinking or... Smoking pot. Drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, his go-to theory, the only one, uh, if a group of people run away to you, from you, is uh, that they were worshipping Satan. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, you know, especially if they were, like, Christian, you know, I mean, they... they are, they believe in a real devil and, and, you know, it's their, it's their job, you know, they were put on earth to sort of fight, you know, fight Satan. And, 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 and so it gives them kind of a, you know, they're heroes, you know, yeah, they're part of a cosmic war. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and this happens like, you know, like, you know, facilitate communication, which we saw recently with, uh, you know, with, the, with, the, with that guy in Europe who sort of, you know, might not be in a, in a coma, you know, and he's this right. woman, you know, he's moving his hand around and, and he's, you know, he's been in this coma for 30 years and suddenly he's just talking this most poetic language yeah. about, and, and obviously, you know, the woman who's doing the facility communication and, you know, she must feel like a real hero, right? You know, and, and so there's always that motivation too, even if you're not necessarily very religious, you know, you, you you know you, you think you're doing good you think you're sort of you know um, well you know. absolutely I mean if, if if a child tells you that they're being abused by you know 50 people every day uh, you know you have to do something or, or you feel this there's obviously a moral necessity to find out the truth right exactly um, but there was this there was this willingness to believe almost anything that these kids were telling them uh, and that went on for over a decade. Uh, you know, it wasn't until '96 that the federal government issued a report saying that there was no evidence of satanic, uh, satanic ritual abuse whatsoever had ever taken place. You know, and this is after so many countless trials and just lives that are completely ruined. You know, people who spent 20 years in prison um, for doing absolutely nothing, just completely invented uh, charges. Right, and a lot of these people kind of, you know, eventually they sort of plea bargained. You know, they even though they're 100 percent innocent, they're like. Right. You know, well, if you cop to this plea, we'll let your wife go. You know, and and so that that's a lot of these cases. So not many of these people are, are in jail, but but are, I think maybe a couple are, and or you know they're probably out of jail by now because this is you know twenty twenty years ago, thirty years ago, <laughs> and uh, but. You know, so yeah, so a lot of times people just maybe kind of plea bargain. So if right. you know, if, if people are still claiming this is all real, like they might point to that and go, "Well, no, this guy, this guy confessed," and you know, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, a lot of people confess under torture. You know, yeah, it doesn't mean they're telling the truth. But well, you had a lot of like the the guy in Kern County. Uh, one of the one of the main suspects was was offered a plea bargain. They would give him ten years if he if he copped a plea, and he said, "I'm not going to admit to something that I didn't do." And they ended up giving him like three hundred years uh, in prison. But he did get out in '96. Um, right. So, but these you know to serve a decade in a maximum security penitentiary, and they give you like a hundred grand as an apology, right? Yeah, uh, which isn't much of an apology, really. Uh, no, no. And uh, you know, like we were saying, the these things are just based on right ch- children's testimony and right. and and i mean today we understand things like you know false memory syndrome and stuff like that but in, in the 80s you know it was kind of it was people just sort of assumed that you know ch- children can't lie right they can't you know that th- they can't make this up they don't know about the stuff they can't make this up and i thought it was one of the women who sort of she developed a sort of a technique like with a doll with anatomically correct parts like which is sort of you know sort of a well established sort of protocol in use today you know that, that like the woman who uh who developed that technique like i think sh- she might have sort of been 
Yeah, absolutely. I forget her name, but but she did develop the technique with the doll, and and uh, it it was through the doll that they got a lot of this this testimony. Right. Yes. Um, but it was but, all very leading. Yes. Yeah. You know? It was always very. Yeah. You, but, show, you show a kid a, a anatomically correct doll, like obviously some parts are more interesting than that doll. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Those but, are going to be the ones they're going to look at. <laughs> yeah. But I was just going to say earlier, right? That that, that the uh, when they would sort of interview these kids, like if the kids said, right, yeah, you know, I saw like cats and dogs, you know, sort of sacrifice in front of me, you know. They would accept that, but then you know. But then, when you listen to these transcripts, at the same time, the kid is then saying these incredibly fantastic things, like you know, the cats had wings, or you know, um, you, you know that these you know children you know were um, being transformed into you know into bats and stuff like that. And then they would just go, "Oh, okay, well they're making that up because that's yes. that's physically impossible," you know. But but then the, but this other stuff. You know, it's physically possible. Therefore, it must have happened. Like that was sort of some of the other criticism they. they oh, uh, there was this one case where uh, a child told the police that he had seen this man murder this child in front of him, and the kid was alive and well and was still in school. Uh, yeah. So they, they just threw that out. So they took whatever whatever worked, whatever they could, they thought they could put into the trial. You know, they took it all and they threw out everything that the kids said that were completely. You know, beyond belief, which I think is a, the majority of it. Uh, but they kept they kept many things in there that uh, they didn't consider to be too extreme. And you have to wonder. I mean, I, I guess all these people believed it, but it, it just seems like a, a kind of a mass delusion that that you know you get the prosecutor and the and the attorney. All these you get get a lot of people to agree to bring these people to trial. Uh, you've got a, a judge who who sat there and, and convicted these people with almost no evidence. Uh, you know the Kern County case and the McMartin case was never there was never any convictions it, it drug on for years after mistrial after mistrial but uh, the Kern County case they, they convicted them in a matter of a few weeks. You, you know my own uh, my, my own childhood story like like when I think about sort of these you know these leading questions they would ask children and stuff like that and you know the idea well children don't like it. they'll make things up you know um i remember when i was a when i was a little boy my mother bought a uh, like a rocking chair like a wood rocking chair i think it was called like a kennedy rocker and um named after the rocking chair president kennedy was wood rocking or something anyways so it was, it was new and so one day i come home and i forget how old i was maybe eight years old and my mother is like looking at the chair and she's very upset and, and she she points to the chair and and in the natural wood grain it looked like my initials km were in the natural wood grain so my mother assumed that i carved my initials in her new chair even though it was just kind of the, like the the wood grain and you know, of course i'm denying it i'm like I, I didn't do it mom i didn't do it and she's like you know well you, you better tell me you did it or else you're you're going to be in trouble and then so i'm like well I, I gotta i gotta confess right because you know and so then i confess to you know a crime i have not committed and then you know, then my mom's like well how did you do it you know, now I have to sort of make, and so I look, I look behind my mother, and there's my dad's chess set, and then I'm like, well, I took one of the bishops, you know, got the little pointy hats, and I use that, and and I think, you know, and children will definitely do that because like a kid wants to go home and play, well, there maybe weren't video games then, but a kid wants to go home and watch cartoons, right? And if you're telling him like, you know, you can go watch cartoons, you can go to McDonald's and whatever, just tell us this happened you know that kids will do that right so well they would say things like you can go home to your parents once you tell us what happened you know which was the exact opposite of, of what would actually happen if they told them yes yeah so that, yeah and uh it, it, it became very weird because like you know the false whole false memory syndrome um like like uh, like the amazing Randy, he uh, you know he was really involved in in you know false memory syndrome, sort of you know debunking all of these all of these you know these ideas that kids are you know being abused by Satanists, and so um, and then and then Randy he really pissed off sort of like the feminist movement because you know I mean among all the you know all the you know the satanic child abuse we're now. You know the uh, um, you know, the hypnotism was also being used to sort of like you know like reveal secular sort of you know you know abuse that you know 
girls are being abused by their fathers or their uncles or stuff like this. And this was the only evidence being used to sort of convict these people. So, so the so the feminist movement. So there was a huge backlash from the feminist movement against the idea of false memory syndrome. And uh, and and I remember there was like a Toronto writer, a feminist writer, she wrote for the Toronto Star, Michelle Landsberg, and I, and 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 I. I don't know why Randy didn't sue her, but she she literally accused Randy of being a pedophile, you know, and and this is why he was supporting, you know, the whole idea of false memory syndrome to sort of you know to hide his crimes, and uh, and I'll, I'm I'm going to put a link to this on the show because it's it's pretty, people are probably going to go, I mean really, the, like like a. Toronto Star accused Randy of being, you know, a pedophile. Like, yeah, I mean, it was brutal. And um, so, oh, you, I mean, the, the the media environment in the early '80s said if you were skeptical of this, you were you had to be involved. There was yeah. no there was no other way around it. Yeah. So nobody 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 remained agnostic about it. You just had to go on board. So why, why do you, why do you think the the panic sort of burned out? Like, I mean, well, I guess I mean. I think it was Lacey Peterson, right? In 2003, the Lacey Peterson, her, her husband, I think who was convicted for her murder, uh, like he was trying to blame a satanic cult on on Lacey Peterson murder, and uh, but that I, but you know the media was actually kind of you know wow they were skeptical of that, but uh, so why do, why do you think this whole thing kind of burned out by it must have been burned out by like the the mid 90s? Yeah, well, in the mid 90s, the report came out from the federal government that. Uh, question the, the entire idea of satanic ritual abuse. And there was a slew of books, uh, one of them that I, I uh, just read, uh, called Satan's Silence by Debbie Nathan. Um, a slew of books that came out documenting what they thought was a, a moral panic. And we kind of started to understand a little more about culture. Okay. And it kind of really quickly. Uh, and the media also turned on it, uh, turned on the idea of satanic ritual abuse. So, I guess, and also the end of the Reagan era. I mean, these things all have to be kind of tied together, I think. Um, right. Yes. Yes. But by the by the early nineties, it was it was not considered a, it was not a mainstream belief. Right. Uh, if you believed in satanic ritual abuse, which was a huge turnaround from the mid eighties, where everyone believed in it and the, and the government was talking about it, and so within ten years, it all fell apart. Because right. it was the Clinton years, and well, you know, swinging Clinton eras. Yeah. Anything goes, right? <laughs> Anything oh, goes. Hey, baby. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, if I remember too, it was in the eighties. Reagan's. Oh, what do you call them? You're the the um, you're sort of the top cop in the American government. Uh, the attorney general, attorney general Edwin Meese, like he was, uh, you know, he was he was really kind of cracking down. He wanted to really crack down on pornography, and and he was trying to argue that you know all pornography leads to child pornography, and um, you know, it, it, so it was that kind of environment, you know, where and obviously that you know this the. the satanic ritual abuse people like that was part of their conspiracy too and not only was the abusing children but then they're also producing the child pornography and, and everything and uh yeah it was kind of it's like the, you know that you know that i don't know if you know in skepticism that the exo politics guys these ufo people that that you know want to set up embassies to you know for the space aliens and then you know, <laughs> these exo politics guys it's just basically anything goes you know if you you know there's there's, you know, they call it the Rainbow Coalition of Space Aliens. There's blues and grays and pinks and, you know, and, and, and if you just sort of pipe up and go, I saw, you know, little hairy uh, red aliens, there's another alien that just becomes incorporated. They just hammer that in somehow. So, yeah, so the whole conspiracy was kind of you know, anything. Yeah, anything, anything went as long if yeah. it was evil and it was anti-Christian. It just was part of the conspiracy. Yeah, the and you know I can't stress enough how how the churches really push this uh, all over the country. They would be you know they would have lectures and they would have obviously uh, in the service they would they would mention satanic cults and so it, you know to not believe in it would be to go against you know what seemed to be the prevailing wisdom of the time. Um, so the, the Protestant churches definitely showed her a little bit of blame for this, a lot of blame. Yeah. I mean, if if Satan is real, then then God has to be real, right? So, right. you know, so sometimes sometimes very fundamentalist Christians they find uh, they find you know it's almost comforting, you know, if they, if they can find evidence that they're that it's really the work of Satan out there. That's that's comforting to know because and that is that is proof that there is a God, you know, kind of things. Right. 
Well, and I, I, I keep stressing, you know, very fundamental questions because actually one one listener sort of pointed out, uh, I think it was w- with one of my Stuart shows that we were kind of using Christian sort of interchangeably with like fundamentals, young earth creationist, you know, right. my way or the highway Christians. So, so yeah, so who, I, I forget the name of the, the listener who, who wrote in, but I read your email. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely a, a wide variety of Christians. And yeah, this was mostly pushed by uh, the kind of the moral majority uh, in the 80s and, and not from the more liberal churches, from what I can, what I can tell. Right. Yes. Yes. And uh, what was interesting, right at the very beginning, we were talking about uh, it was all sort of kicked off by a book called Michelle. Michelle remembers. Right. Right. And uh, talk a little bit about that because that's actually kind kind of interesting. Well, uh, Michelle remembers uh, was a book written by a psychiatrist whose wife uh, was named Michelle. Right. But uh, let me interject. He was. First, her just her psychiatrist, and he later he married her. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I, I think it was yeah later. Which which is like that's creepy. That's against all ethics, right? Which should be a huge red flag. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I did not know that. Uh, I did. I, so that so anyway, but he he kind of you know met with her, and they were working out all these issues, and and through. Um, through the, their therapy, Michelle was able to uh, remember all these incredibly kind of bizarre satanic rituals that she underwent as a kid, and uh, it, it, it became a huge bestseller. Uh, you know, right. it was so it was it's, it was a huge bestseller, and it got a ton of press, and it definitely it was one of the big. Uh, you know, it came out in 1980, so it, it definitely kickstarted this this whole thing. Right, and then I found it interesting that people then, you know, I mean, people read the book, and then they're like, "Oh, well, there's you know, there's a." There's a verifiable claim, you know. I'm going to go look that up, and and then not, they can't find anything, you know. Yeah, no, the whole book is completely discredited. But it's so scary to go to Amazon. I, I considered reading it for this, and I didn't. I did not, but I considered it. I went to Amazon and I read a lot of the reviews, and I was shocked at how many five star reviews or people, you know, written yesterday where they would say, "This is super important information and right. so important to get out." So I wouldn't be surprised if there was another flare up of. Uh, of uh, moral panic regarding Satanism at some point. Yeah. Uh, although, although we see kind of conspiracies, you, you know, it seems like there's a, a shelf life to a conspiracy theory. Um, you know, 9-11 truth has kind of dissipated, uh, given birth to the, the birthers uh, in America here. But So maybe, but I think there might be a, you know, satanic ritual abuse is something that definitely has a foundation in, uh, in, in, in America. And there's still a lot of people like my mother was completely unaware that all this stuff had been compl- thrown out and disproven. So I, I don't know that the word ever got out as well as it should have. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's of small comfort. I suppose that like, at least the media is largely skeptical these days of it. So that- yeah, they, they awarded a, a Pulitzer prize for, for one of the early skeptics, uh, of this, um, what was her name? Dorothy something. Uh, she won a, a Pulitzer for defending some of the people uh, accused of S- SRA is what they, the cool kids call it. Well, what's SRA stand for? It's all satanic ritual abuse. Yes, yes. Right, right yes. And uh, kind of as a point of, of national pride, do, do you know the, do you know that the nationality of uh, the, the psychiatrist and his wife that wrote Michelle Remembers? I hope they're Canadian. They were Canadian, yes. <laughs> yes. And so we, it, so another another paranoia Canadian started. Uh, but it took a while to get to Canada. Uh, you know, the the case you were referring to earlier in the in the podcast was ninety two or ninety three. Oh, okay. Many years later. Then. Yeah. So we we kept it in California for a while, which I think is interesting. How close uh, Kern County and and uh, uh, the McMartin preschool trial were with 90, 90 miles or hundred miles away. So oh, okay. there was a really heavy, uh, heavy concentration of Satanists in, in Southern California. <laughs> well, you know, a bit, a bit of a tangent, but uh, do, do you know another um, uh, paranoid conspiracy that sort of took over America that Canada also helped to kick off? No, which one? Uh, the Cold War. <laughs> the uh, the uh, it was, it was ni- ni- 1945. There was a uh, uh, sort of a Russian diplomat in Canada. He was like a he went to the Canadian, you know, 
police and said, like, look, I've got all the evidence that, you know, that the Soviets have been spying on, in, on North America. This was like 1945, right after World War II. Right. It's called, it called the Grzenko Affair. And, uh, and no one kind of believed him because at, at that point, like, like, well, Russia was kind of our friend. Like, they helped us win that war and stuff. And, and, uh, and like, the American government kind of knew that, you know, geez, they're really spying on us. But they don't want to let people know that because it looks like, kind of looks like, but weren't, you, didn't you give them weapons and stuff and you know yeah. and um so uh so when that kind of came out then that sort of revealed you know that there was a lot of that the, a lot of spying going on in america and it sort of clued off america the american public that oh the russians aren't our friends anymore and and then it was like kind of like evidence that Grzenko gave what what they used to sort of finger like you know julius and ethel rosenberg and uh, you know, which then sent them to electric chair, right? And so, yeah. So again, it was kind of Canada. You know, we were. <laughs> well, Canada also, I, I think, is is you know behind the Amero, which is going to be the currency that we're all going to use next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I I don't, I don't doubt that. Yeah. So you know, look look to the north. Look to the north. Where do we just seem like such quiet people? But we're you know we're the puppet masters. <laughs> you, you're the you're the satanic cult running the world. You guys. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I should mention, I'll update you know, Stuart. Um, I don't know if you heard the last couple of shows he was talking about. He thought he discovered a volcano on Mars, and uh, and then he, he messaged me, and he said, oh, no, um, somebody already discovered it. They just didn't sort of report it to the like, little little geographical record. They didn't get it sort of updated into the record. And he, he was like... Uh, he was really kind of upset, like almost like the, you know, it's like someone, you know, like it's like your best friend has lost his girlfriend, you know, that kind of, that kind of sadness. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I don't know, like if he's lost, if you if you've lost your girlfriend, I know what to say to you. You know, it's like oh, you're just you know, you're a fucking bitch. You know, like you know, let's go have some beer and you know whatever. But it's like, what do I say to a guy who's lost his volcano? I didn't have the language, and I felt really bad. And I'm like. Maybe I could like like are there any songs like losing my volcano? What a terrible way was to that, was that the know. same episode that you gave him the new title, the resident? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So uh, win yeah. some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah, so I felt really bad for him. So if I could put out a call to my listeners, if you can, if you can write a song for you know when a man loses his volcano. You know, if you can sort of write a, you know, you know, like when you lose your girlfriend, there's a song <laughs> out there you can listen to, like, you know, um, any name, any country song, pretty much. Yeah, any country song or uh, or what, what's her name, Sarah McLaughlin or something like that. Whatever, you know, there's some song out there you can listen to and get over it. You got so, Celine so, Dion up there, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so if any listener out there can write Stuart a, you know, a song to help a man get over his lost volcano. I'm just throwing that challenge out there. I, I don't know if what I could give you as a prize, but there'll be something. But yeah, you could sing it, write it, produce it, send me the MP3. That would be that'd be wonderful. I just want to put that out there. If my Czech listener, if he's out there, if he can do it, that would be doubly cool. But but yeah. So uh, I was about to call I was about to call you Stuart <laughs> Ryan. Whole new name, whole new person. Yes. Ryan, do, do, do you, any, any other, anything else you want to sort of talk about the satanic conspiracy, or do you think we've kind of covered it all, or? Well, I think we got it. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it was, it was a big, it was a big movement, and uh, it, it thankfully has come to an end. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, well, uh, I mean, for now. For now. <laughs> For now, yeah. and Mick Martin, um, the the woman who ran uh, Mick Martin Preschool, died in in two thousand and one, and she had a nice uh, a nice obituary in the in the New York Times where they exonerated her. Oh, that's okay. Well, I mean, oh, oh, that's not oh, that's so okay, you know. But yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying. Wow. All right, so I guess let me ask you the sort of the the, the final questions. What's your what's your favorite small kitchen appliance? Um, an appliance. Well, does my teapot count? Because I make a lot of tea. Absolutely. I mean, it's not quite. Is it a like? Can you plug it in, or you just pour hot water into it? Well, you you, you put it on the the burner. You know, I guess it's not really an appliance, but uh, right. I, I use it the most in the kitchen. I don't. I'm not a big kitchen. Per- I live in New York, so I eat out all three meals a day. You know. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So your your tea kettle. Yes, my tea kettle. Not, 
All right. So even though it's not electric, well, one of my listeners, his uh, or one of my guests, his favorite small kitchen appliance was just sort of a cast iron, I think, kind of waffle griddle or something. So that's not quite an appliance, but yeah, that's cool. All right. And what kind of tea? Like green tea or? I love green tea. Green and white tea are my my favorites. Oh, what's what's white tea? I've never heard of white tea. It's uh, it's similar to green tea except it's uh, it's a little lighter, obviously, and it has uh, it's supposed to have more antioxidants in it for for whatever that's worth. Uh, okay. Um, okay. But it, it's it's yummy, and it has less oh. caffeine because I get a little you know, I'll stay up all night reading, so I need to have less caffeine in my life. Okay. Cool. All right. And I was gonna if I can put in a, a plug, I, I started a. Uh, I hesitate to call it like a, fa- a fan page on Facebook because I, I don't like the idea of fans, but a listener page on Facebook, um, the, consp- I, 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 the Conspiracy Skeptic, facebook.com forward slash Conspiracy Skeptic, or just putting Conspiracy Skeptic, you'll find it. So if you want to join that, that's cool. I, I kind of mentioned, I didn't mention you by name, but I sort of said, oh, I'm going to have this guest on next up, listener, talk about the satan panic stuff like that so like sometimes i just sort of post yeah you know kind of things i have in the pipeline and stuff like that i joined i became a fan today and i even commented on that uh that little thing that you wrote i said i I, that's me (laughs) oh okay cool all right yeah yeah and i i i see you on uh now i see you on uh Google Buzz, your, your twitter you had a very funny comment about google buzz about it's sort of like twitter it's like but yeah, eight it's, hours later, yeah, it's it's everything that was posted on Twitter eight hours ago. <laughs> it appears to be. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big tweeter. I, uh, I it's something I enjoy, and it's a surprisingly interesting way to exchange information and meet a lot of cool people. Cool. All right. So, uh, how, how can people kind of find you if they want to sort of find you? So, your po- like your podcast. How can they get your podcast? Yes. Well, you can uh, it, you can go to Citizen NYC. Uh, dot com and you can find it there. Uh, you can also go to my my blog, which is uh, ryanjdavis.blogspot.com or okay. on Twitter, I'm, I'm Ryan New York, and I, I tweet a lot. But I, you know, good progressive stuff. I tweet about science, history, uh, sort of, you know, anything that I'm interested in at the moment. So okay, so citizen. That's the Z Z citizen, not probably the British. I bet the British spell it with an S or something. No, it's be... definitely a Z. Definitely a Z. Just, okay, citizennyc.com. Okay. All right. Cool. All right then. I guess I'll, I'll let you go. And thanks for thanks for thanks for showing up. It was great talking to you. All right. Ha- have a good night then. You too. Bye. All right. Bye, Ryan. Bye.